0: to the Agiostos. My name is Bill Dykstra. Today is December 29th and we are beginning Season 3. That's right, we're beginning Season 3 in the middle of the Nativity Feast. By the way, happy Nativity Feast to you. I hope you had some great food. I hope you had some great liturgies. I hope you have some great time with family. And I hope you continue to have it because the Nativity Feast is far from over. But yes, like I said, we are beginning with Season 3. This is kind of unrelated to the liturgical year, but there was a saint that I really, really, really wanted to cover. And so I'm beginning Season 3 with this obscure saint. Now going into Season 3, if you have any knowledge of the feast days of the year, you'll know that January is jam-packed with like our most favorite saints. And it's really hard to kind of take a bite out of that when you're just doing one episode per week. And so, now I've tried to finesse my way through it. I've tried to amalgamate certain saints, like we celebrate, I believe we celebrate each holy hierarch on different days. And then at the end of the, end of the month, we celebrate the feast day of the three holy hierarchs. Basil is on the first. I believe Gregory of Nazianzus is in there, and I think we have another feast day to St. John Chrysostom, I believe, if I'm remembering that correctly. Anyways, I've just decided to talk about all three of them on the Feast of the Three Holy Hierarchs. So, if you're going through, if you're following our podcast, and you're like, whoa, 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 pump the brakes, you skipped St. Basil. Whoa, 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 pump the brakes, you skipped St. Gregory. Just know that I'm trying to make my way through this. This is, I'm doing a podcast and I'm living a life. And so there are certain concessions, let's say, that I kind of need to make in order to have an, a regular life. So I'm not going to stop you, though, from going and looking and reading into all these great saints that we have during January. Anyways, like I said, I wanted to share about a saint today because I think, after reading his story, it's from the Pateric, the story of Kievan cave saints, monks. I wanted to share the story of the most metal saint there is. Saint, get this, Saint Mark, the gravedigger of the Kiev caves. Now, just by hearing his name, you know that this is just the raddest dude you've ever met. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to read directly from the Pateric, those stories of the Kiev Caves. I'm going to read from that and share with you his life, share with you the story of his life. Um, and then just kind of like maybe my own thoughts. I encourage you to go look up his iconography because, like I said, he is the most metal saint there is. He's just so cool. So without further ado, here is the story of St. Mark, the grave digger of the Kiev Caves. We sinners emulate the holy men of old by means of written word, which explains what they were seeking with great effort and labor in the deserts, on the hills, and in the bowels of the earth. In some cases, the writers themselves saw what they recorded, in others, they heard about the lives, miracles, and God-pleasing deeds of venerable men. In yet others, they heard of the lives and miracles and activities of those who lived before them, as we find in the Pateric of the Kievan Caves, in which they collected material and spoke about them. As we read about them, we derive much pleasure from these spiritual anecdotes. I, unworthy as I am, have not attained understanding of the truth, and I have seen nothing of such men. But following what I have heard, that is, what I have been told by the venerable Bishop Simon, I have written these things down for your fatherhood. Nor have I ever traveled round the holy places, nor seen Jerusalem or the mountains of Sinai, which would have enabled me to add to my tale some of those things, with which people with literary skill are wont to embellish their works. So let there be no glory for me, but only for this cave's monastery and the holy monks who formerly lived there, and for their lives and miracles, which I recall with joy, since I, sinner that I am, desire the prayers of these holy fathers. From this point I shall make a start on my tale about the venerable Mark, the cave dweller. The Holy Mark spent his life in the cave, and during his lifetime, our Holy Father Theodosius was carried out of the cave into the great and holy church. The venerable Mark dug many burial places in the cave with his own hands, carrying out the earth on his shoulders, every day and night, laboring hard in God's work. He dug many graves for the brethren and took nothing for the service, but if anyone did give him something, he would take it and distribute it to the poor. One day, as he was digging away as usual and working very hard, he felt a sudden weakness and left the place where he was digging narrow and not of the usual width. It happened that one of the brethren fell ill and departed to the Lord that day, and there was no other grave available except this cramped one. The dead man was brought into the cave and placed in the grave with some difficulty because of its tight fit. The brethren grumbled to Mark, since they could not prepare the dead man for burial or anoint him with oil because the place was so narrow. The cave dweller prostrating himself before them said forgive me fathers i did not finish my job because i suddenly felt weak they reproached him all the more and made insulting remarks mark said to the dead man since this place is tight brother sprinkle yourself with holy water and take the oil and pour it over yourself the dead man stretched out his hand raised himself up a little took the oil anointed himself with the sign of the cross on his breast and face, and returned the vessel. Then, in front of them all, he prepared himself for burial, laid down, and fell asleep. When they saw this miracle, they were all seized by fear and trembling at what happened. Another brother died after a long illness. One of his friends wiped him with a sponge and went into the cave as he wanted to see the place where the beloved friend would be buried, and so he asked the Blessed One. The venerable Mark replied, Brother, go and tell the dead brother, Wait until morning so that I will be able to dig a place for you. Then he will depart in peace to the future life. The brother who had come said to him, "'Father Mark, I have wiped his body with a sponge. He is dead. To whom are you telling me to speak?' Mark repeated, "'You can see that his place is unfinished. I am telling you to go and to say to the dead man, "'Brother,' the sinful Mark says, "'you are to stay alive for one more day "'until he prepares a place for your burial and sends for you. "'In the morning you can depart to the Lord we desire.'" The brother who had come to the cave obeyed the Venerable One and returned to the monastery. He found all the brethren singing the customary hymn over the deceased brother. He stood at his side and said, "'Mark tells me that no place is ready for you, brother, so wait until tomorrow morning.' They were all amazed at his words. When the brother had spoken them before everybody, the dead brother suddenly opened his eyes, and his soul returned to his body. He remained alive throughout the day and entire night, with his eyes open, not uttering a word to anyone. The next morning the brother, who had previously gone to Mark, went to the cave to find out whether the place was ready. The Blessed One said to him, Go and tell the dead man, Mark says that you are to leave this transitory life and come to the life eternal, since a place has been prepared for your body. Give up your spirit to God, your body will be buried here in the cave with the Holy Fathers. The brother went and told all this to the monk who had come back to life, and he at once closed his eyes and gave up his soul in front of everyone who had come to visit him. Then he was buried with due honor in the aforementioned place in the cave. They all marveled at this miracle that a dead man had returned to life at the word of the blessed Mark, and then died again at his command. There were two brothers in this great cave's monastery who had been united by sincere love from their youth, and who had one mind and will towards God. They begged the blessed Mark to dig one grave for the two of them, so that they might both be buried there when the Lord commanded it. A long time after Theophil, the senior, went away somewhere on business. The young one fell ill and departed to the future life, and was buried in the place that had been prepared. Some days later, Theophil came back and learned about his brother. He was deeply grieved, and taking some people with him, he went to the cave, wishing to see the dead man, and the location of the place where he was buried. Seeing that he had been laid in a higher place, he was displeased and complained at length to Mark, saying, Why have you put him there? I am the senior to him, but you have put him in my place. The cave dweller, who was a humble man, prostrated himself and said, Forgive me, brother, I have sinned against you. Having said this, he said to the dead man, Get up, brother, and give your place to the brother who has not yet died. You lie in the lower place. Suddenly, at the venerable one's words, the dead man got up and lay down in the lower place before everyone present. It was very obvious that this was a terrible and awe inspiring miracle. Then the brother who had complained and grumbled at the Blessed One fell at Mark's feet, and on account of his brother's burial said to him, Father Mark, I have sinned in moving my brother from his place. I beg you, tell him to lie in his own place again. The Blessed One said to him, The Lord has removed the enmity between us. He did this because of your grumbling, so that you would not hate me forever and have evil thoughts about me. But even a body without a soul shows such love towards you that it has yielded to your seniority even after death. I had not wanted you to go away from here so that you would inherit your place of seniority and be buried here this very hour. But you are not ready to depart this life, so go and take thought for your soul. After a few days you will be brought back here, As for raising the dead, that is God's work, and I am but a sinful man. But this dead man, who feared your insults and my subjection by you, could not bear this, and has left you half the place prepared communally for you both. God can move him, but I can say to a dead man, Rise up and lie down again in the higher place. You lift him up and see whether he will obey you, as he did just now. Hearing this, Theophil was terribly cast down by Mark's terrible words. He thought he would drop dead immediately and did not know whether he would reach the monastery. When he came to his cell, he was seized by inconsolable weeping. He gave away all his possessions, right down to his shirt, leaving himself only one garment and his mantle, and waited for the hour of his death. No one could make him stop his bitter weeping, or even take him some tasty food. When daybreak was drawing near, he would say, I do not know whether I will live till evening. When night came, he would say, still weeping, What shall I do if I do not live till morning? For many people have gotten up, in the morning and not lasted until the evening, or have lain down on their beds and not gotten up from them. So, what will happen to me who has received an imitation from the Venerable One that my end will come soon? And he prayed to God with tears to give him time for repentance. He spent every day in this way, fasting, praying, and weeping hourly, expecting the day and the hour of his death and separation from his body. He wasted his flesh so much that his limbs withered. Many people tried to comfort him, but this only drove him to greater sobbing. Through his copious weeping, he lost his eyesight, and thus he spent all the days of his life in great abstinence, pleasing God by his good life. The venerable Mark, having learnt the hour of his departure to the Lord, summoned Theophil and told him, Forgive me, brother Theophil, because I made you unhappy for many years. Now I am leaving this world. Pray for me. If I receive boldness to speak before God, I shall not forget you. May God grant that we may, that we may soon see each other and find ourselves in the same place as the fathers Anthony and Theodosius. Theophil answered with weeping, "'Father Mark, why are you leaving me? Either take me with you, or grant me the restoration of my sight.' Mark said to him, "'Do not be sad, brother. For God's sake, your physical eyes have lost their sight, but with your spiritual vision you have acquired the power to discern him. I am the cause of your blindness, brother.' I told you that you would die as I wanted to do something that would benefit your soul and bring you exalted ideas about yourself to a state of humility. For a broken and humbled heart God will not despise. Theophil said to him, You saw, Father, how I fell down before you because of my sins. I should have died in that cave when you raised up the dead man, but the Lord granted me my life thanks to your holy prayers." in expectation of my repentance. Now I request of you, let me depart with you to the Lord and restore my sight. Mark said, There is no need for you to see this transitory world. Request of the Lord that you may see his glory there in the next world. Do not wish for your death, for it will come to you even if you do not desire it. Let this be a sign of your departure three days before your passing, you will be able to see, and then you will depart to the Lord, and there behold endless light in indescribable glory. After saying this, the blessed Mark passed away in the Lord and was buried in the cave where he had dug himself a place. Theophil redoubled his sobbing. He was sorrowful in his heart because of his loss of eyesight, and he shed a fountain of tears, which increased even more. He had a bowl, and when he was occupied in prayer, the tears would come down, and he would and he would put the bowl down and weep over it. For many years, he filled it with tears, since every day he was expecting the Venerable One's prophecy to be fulfilled. When he realized that his end and departure to God was near, he prayed fervently to God, that his tears might be acceptable before him. Lifting up his hands, he began to pray, saying, O Lord, Master Jesus Christ, who loves mankind, my most holy King, who does not desire the death of sinners, but awaits for their turning from their sins. Thou knowest our weakness. O good Comforter, health to the sick, salvation to sinners, strength to the weak, rising up to those who have fallen, I pray, O Lord, show forth thy grace upon me at this hour, unworthy as I am, and pour upon me the inexhaustible fount of thy mercy, that I may not be tried by the ordeals of the princes of the air and vanquished by them. I ask this through the prayers of thy servants, our great fathers Anthony and Theodosius, and all the saints who pleased thee throughout the ages. Amen. Immediately, A handsome man stood in front of him and said, Your prayer is good, but why do you boast about the loss of your tears? Taking up a bowl much larger than Theophil's, and filled with fragrant perfume like sweet-smelling myrrh, he said, Look, this comes from the tears you shed from your heart in prayer to God, which you wiped away with your hand or a towel or your clothing, or which fell from your eyes onto the ground. I have collected them all in this bowl, and concealed them by the order of your Creator. Now I have been sent to bring you joyful news. You will depart to him with gladness. For he said, Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. After saying this, he departed." The blessed Theothel summoned the superior and told him about the angel's appearance and speech, and he showed him the two bowls, one filled with tears and the other filled with fragrant perfume. He ordered this to be poured over his body. In three days he himself departed to the Lord and was buried in a cave near Mark the cave dweller, as was fitting." He was anointed with the perfume from the angel's bowl, so that the entire cave was filled with a fragrant odor. And the bowl of tears was also poured over him. For he that sows in tears shall reap in joy. They went on and wept, and they cast their seed. They shall be comforted in Christ, to whom be glory with the Father and the Holy Spirit, now and forever and ever. Amen. I hope you enjoyed or got something from the life of St. Mark the Gravedigger, although you might also be thinking to yourself, this story, it's not really the time and place right now, and you know what, considering it's the nativity right now, and I'm looking at a poinsettia right now, you might be right. I mean, I could be wrong by sharing this story today, I understand that. But at the same time, we do celebrate him today. So, there must be something to get. I'll simply, perhaps, share what I what I got from the story, and um, and maybe you got something different. But I'll, I'll share what I thought. I was reminded that the last act of charity that anyone any of us will ever receive is someone will dig you a grave, and someone will put you in a coffin. Now, granted, there's a bit of incentiveness for all of us here we who are still living when the dead go we can't have a whole bunch of dead bodies around i understand that but still for the on the on the behalf of the person who died it is still a great act of charity the the whole funeral process and i think that it's beautiful that we have a saint who is surrounded by that who has that immersed himself in that act of charity because i think he's unique in that i don't know of any other saints who are gravediggers, uh, if you know of someone, let me know. But I'm, I'm almost certain that perhaps St. Mark is the only one. And maybe it's a good reminder during a time of feasting that we can't be too attached to this world and the things of this world. The nativity season is a time where we enjoy the things of this world. Jesus became a part of this world, and so we get to um, enjoy the good things that we have. However, these are all fleeting. Our fast, our nativity fast, and our great Lent fast, has an end to which it is directed, and so does our feast. It is not relish within itself, but we use the things of the world to celebrate the God who made it. And as a final point, I would like to highlight the resulting life of St. Theophil, who is connected to the life of St. Mark. In St. Theophil's part of the story, we learn yet again that grace matters very little on us. St. Theophil his life filled an entire bowl of tears from his own eyes of his own repentance to say, hey, God, look, look at what I've done for you. Look at, look at my repentance. Here it is. And the angel comes and says, well, without you knowing it, we've been filling a bowl all along and it's much better. The angel's bowl even smelt better than Theophil's own bowl that he filled himself. Perhaps many of us will become holy through understanding that all of our efforts, all of the things that we think are really great, all of our prayers that we think are really eloquent and articulate, and all of our tears that we think are so sorrowful, will not best whatever God has in store for us and in the grace that he provides us. What a great and humbling thing it will be one day when we find out that the actions that we took very little notice of, that it were unimpressive to ourselves, were the moments that saved us. How embarrassed would we look, thinking we had done so great many things, that in the eyes of others were grand and holy, And charitable and loving. But really, in the grand scheme of things, it may have been a small gesture that embarrasses us to the very core. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode. I hope you continue to have an amazing nativity Christmas. I hope, yeah, I just hope all the best for you there, bud. Anyways, Thank you very much for listening. This has been your daily dose of agios. St. Mark the Gravedigger. Pray for us.